Welcome to the Ether. Today is Saturday, August 13th, 2022. Today on the Ether, Stride Multi Chain Liquid Staking for the Cosmos Ecosystem. Hosted by Orbital Command. Let's take a listen. Fantastic. So we've got Aiden on, we've got Rebel on, we've got Riley on. Is there anyone else that we need to get on tonight? Aiden. Hey, uh, from our side, it is just Riley and I joining today. Vishal is, he couldn't, he couldn't make it today, but hopefully you'll hear from him at a out of future spaces fantastic no worries uh in that case what we'll do is we'll get this show on the road in the meantime i'm going to see if i can share something from my personal twitter um how are you going there aiden and how are you going there riley i'm doing great um we're in full sprint mode we were up until like 7 a.m last night fixing bugs on our test net uh we found one last tricky one i think we're, we're getting into the territory where we're like a week maybe less out from launch. So super exciting. All hands on deck. Cool. Uh, all hands little, on deck. little sleepy, but very excited. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, we'll get into all the, uh, the bug stuff and that in a moment. For anyone that's listening, as you're listening to this conversation, if you are enjoying it, if you're finding it valuable and you're learning about Stride uh, along the way, we do encourage you to share this, let other people know about this call so that they can also learn about Stride. So Stride is a multi-chain liquid staking Actually, well, rather than me saying it, how about I ask you guys, what is Stride first and foremost? Yeah, um, I can I can jump into a little bit of a background here. Um, so maybe maybe I'll just give an intro of uh, liquid staking quickly and what Stride is and uh, how how we got here. Yeah, please do. Um, so the the core problem that we found in Cosmos DeFi is that there's a lot of incredible DeFi being built in Cosmos right now. So we have Osmosis, which is like a super mature project. Um, there was a lot of DeFi on Terra. Uh, there are other zones coming online. So there's like UMI, there's Mars protocol. There's really an explosion of, of different DeFi protocols. But the real challenge for users right now is if you want to go and use your tokens in one of these DeFi protocols, you have to unstake your tokens and you give up significant yields in uh, participating in DeFi. So right now you have this trade-off of, well, you can you can go and stake your tokens for 20 or 30% yields, or you can go and LP on osmosis or put your tokens in a, in a lending market and earn something like 20 or 30%, but you can't do both. Uh, and this is a pretty painful trade-off for users. Like a 30% yield haircut is, is not fun. Um, but what's interesting is that this is not an economic trade-off. It's not like these assets can't be reused across protocols. It's purely a technical limitation. Um, so you actually can do both. And this is, this is something that you did see uh, in, or that you do see in other ecosystems like Ethereum uh, and actually like, like Terra as well. So you, you see this with, um, with uh, B Luna on Terra and with STETH on Lido. 
so the, the, the core idea is uh, rather than having to make this trade-off between staking your tokens and using them in DeFi, um, Stride is issuing LSDs or liquid staking derivatives. Um, and you can use those staking derivatives throughout DeFi. Um, so that, that's a little bit about what we do. Uh, just super high level brief introduction. Um, I can get into like kind of how we got here and what some of the differences are, but I'll just, I'll pause there. Yeah, fantastic. Thank you for the quick intro there. Um, when you say we, tell us a little bit about the team, tell us a bit about your background uh, and what you guys have worked on in the past and uh, if it is of any relevance and let us know a little bit about the team itself. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I'll, I'll give a quick intro for myself and then maybe uh, Riley <laughs> can, I'll, I'll let Riley intro himself uh, and I'll, I'll talk a little bit about Vishal as well. So um, Riley and I met doing computer science in undergrad together. Uh, we've known each other for a long time. We're CS project partners throughout college. I had never heard of uh, or really been deep in crypto back then. Um, I was like deep into the software side of things. So I ended up joining a B2B SaaS company out of school. And I worked there for, uh, for a few years. So I, I kind of did the startup journey. I joined as a very early employee there and scaled up some of our teams. Um, but back in 2020, I saw the SushiSwap Uniswap saga play out. And I'm, I'm sure a bunch of you saw that play out as well. Uh, and it was like the coolest thing that I had ever seen. Uh, like SushiSwap had like forked Uniswap and they had like done this vampire attack and it was like hugely dramatic and all in the open and just extremely cool. So I fell down the DeFi rabbit hole pretty quickly after that. Uh, and in 2021, I left my, my full-time job to start building in crypto uh, full-time. So I, I built a little bit across a few ecosystems. I built a little bit in the Ethereum uh, community. I built a little bit on Solana. But Riley and I actually went down to uh, Miami and we met some of the folks from the Cosmos ecosystem and they really sold us on this app chain vision. So the idea being like the best way to scale blockchains um, and the most uh, effective way to build blockchain apps is if every application owns their own chain. Um, so you scale things like horizontally and then you have a really good interoperability protocol on top of that, which is IBC. Um, so we, we kind of like heard about this and we were pretty much instantly sold on, on Cosmos. Uh, so we started running validator infrastructure in the Cosmos ecosystem. And we pretty quickly realized that, uh, one, there was a lot of potential for Cosmos DeFi. And two, there was this really painful trade-off between staking yields and uh, DeFi yields. So we started thinking about liquid staking. And we realized that uh, some of the IBC tech, uh, namely interchain accounts and interchain queries, had just come online back in like March. So for the first time, it was actually possible to build interchain DeFi. Um, so we started working on this. Uh, I'll give a quick intro on Vishal and then uh, I'll let Riley take it from there. So uh, Vishal, he uh, worked at an early stablecoin project called uh, Basis. Um, so some of you may have heard of uh, Basis Protocol. They, they never ended up launching um, due to regulatory reasons, but uh, I think it was like a really interesting first foray into crypto for him. Um, given the project shut down after about a year, I think he was a little bit disillusioned and he left uh, DeFi to work in TradFi for a little while. He, he actually worked in the same lab at Bridgewater um, as Riley. So he worked at a, a large hedge fund and sort of a machine learning lab. Uh, he ended up going and founding a couple of uh, smaller hedge funds, 
um, from there and, and running tech and infrastructure. But I think like he sort of became a little bit disillusioned with traditional finance um, and realized that like DeFi was having this Cambrian explosion. Uh, and it was like really possible to build a lot of the cool things that like maybe he had thought about a few years ago. So uh, it was kind of just lucky. He started thinking about it. Riley and I were like kind of uh, already building in the space. So it was just a, a natural fit. Uh, I'll pass it over to, to Riley to talk a little bit about his background. Yeah, great. Thanks for the intro, Aiden. Uh, so, so as Aiden mentioned, we did uh, computer science in undergrad together at, at UC Berkeley. I wasn't really in the blockchain space at that point in time, but I overlapped with a lot of folks who were. I, I worked uh, doing research directly with Don Song, who uh, is heading up Oasis Protocol, but we were actually working on uh, machine learning research together. Um, I was I was crypto curious, but never really dipped my toes into it until a few years later. After graduating, I joined uh, that hedge fund that that uh, Vishal was at, Bridgewater, in the ML lab, and worked there as a quant for about three years. The last of which was on the crypto team. So we started building some of the original uh, crypto trading infrastructure there, but realizing that they wouldn't really move in that direction long term. And seeing all the excitement in, in Cosmos and harking back to my origins of, of having seen so many folks from Berkeley go into this ecosystem uh, and, and knowing that the app chain vision is, is probably the solution we need. Um, Aiden and I started exploring and, and running some validator infrastructure, toying around with a few small projects before uh, realizing that there was a proper solution we could build to one of the main problems in Cosmos, which is the DeFi staking trade-off. So I left in January from, uh, from Bridgewater to, to start, uh, start Stride and, and, and build with these guys. Fantastic. Thank you for the background. There are a couple of big names being thrown around, obviously Bridgewater being one of them and, and Basis too, which is a name that I'm sure many people on this call will be familiar with and may have some questions about as the call uh, goes on. One of the words that you did say was Cambrian explosion. And uh, I myself personally think that not only is all of crypto having a camp or has it been having a Cambrian explosion, but um, one ecosystem in particular is, is Cosmos. And so I'd be curious to know, you know, what is it about Cosmos that, uh, appealed to you and your team yeah i'm uh curious what, what riley here uh thinks as well but i'll i'll jump in so i think uh there were a few things that appealed to us about cosmos and i think they're actually reflected in the way that we've built stride um so the first one is like all all three of us are developers riley vishal and i we all come from engineering backgrounds um and cosmos allows you to do something really cool which is it allows you to go into the internals of your blockchain because every every application has its own blockchain and it allows you to like turn some of the knobs and uh, tweak some of the functionality tailored to your specific use case. So on Ethereum or on other platforms where you deploy smart contracts, you're kind of stuck at like the smart contract layer and your application has to live inside of an existing virtual machine. Uh, so you, you don't get quite as much control and the the space of things that you can build is much smaller. Um, but we think with Cosmos, if you're building your own chain, you can really change like anything. You have full control. Um, so we've already started to see some really cool use cases of this in Cosmos. Like DYDX has talked about coming over to Cosmos and running uh, an order book and uh, matching engine on the validator software. 
that that is like one of the coolest use cases of Cosmos that I've heard about. Um, for us, we we've uh, we've added a little bit more on the safety side of things. Um, like we we've thought a little bit about rate limiting, um, and we've we've added like a lot of underlying tech to our liquid staking uh, platform that wouldn't be possible if we were building the platform using a smart contract. So I think from from that perspective, it was just really cool. Like as developers, we were really excited to have this thing that we could go and like dig around in the internals of and tweak and like create a really excellent user experience. Um, the other the other piece of it is IBC. I think IBC is by far the most mature and coolest and frankly promising interoperability tech. Uh, so we're already seeing chains outside of the Cosmos ecosystem or chains that haven't been built with the Cosmos SDK adopting IBC. So I think Penumbra Zone uh, just last month was the first non-Cosmos SDK chain to open an IBC connection. And I've heard rumblings of, of other chains doing this as well. So I've heard uh, on, on uh, GitHub there was some... <clears throat> some discussions of near protocol doing this as well. And I think IBC is like, it has this really powerful network effect where it can, once it hits like a critical mass, I think it, should, it could just grow to take over the entire blockchain ecosystem. So I think it was, for me, it was a combination of those two things. It was being able to like go and mess around in the internals of your chain and build something really cool. And then betting on IBC as like this uh, interoperability protocol for all of crypto. Fantastic. And so to the best of your knowledge, you know, are there many other uh, projects, teams aspiring to do what you're doing in this ecosystem? And if so, you know, what is your unique selling point? What is your uh, key difference um, or yeah, point of difference? Yeah, great question. So there definitely are, as I'm sure you've seen, it is uh, it's heating up in Cosmos Liquid Staking. I think we have something like four or five different solutions uh, all working on this in parallel, which for consumers is really cool because there's like a lot of competition and lots of different teams are making different design trade-offs and building the best liquid staking product. Um, and for us, it's actually pretty exciting as well. I think we're, we're sort of a competitive bunch. So being in this race uh, to provide liquid staking is like actually very exciting. Um, but I think, you know, like Cosmos is a very big ecosystem uh, and it's possible that we actually have multiple solutions. But I'll, I'll talk about maybe like high level two types of liquid staking providers that personally I've seen within Cosmos. It's so possible there are others. Um, so two that I've seen are there, there's kind of two classes of liquid staking solutions. The first is uh, smart contract based. So this is something that, you, that you've seen with Lido on, in other ecosystems. Um, and currently in Cosmos, you see this with Lido and Persistence. Um, and they're not, uh, or t today, the way that they're designed is not uh, natively integrated with IBC. So they rely on smart contracts and bridges. Uh, and they definitely work. But we think there's this other class of liquid staking solutions. And in general, um, applications in Cosmos that will see more growth. And these are native IBC app chains. Uh, so these are, these are zones uh, that are designed from the ground up with IBC in mind. So this is kind of like what we're working on and what Quicksilver is working on. And I've heard of a couple others that are also working on this and maybe Neutron to an extent. Um, but we, we suspect that at launch, Stride will be the heaviest user of IBC interchain queries and interchain accounts of any app chain. 
Uh, and we, we think it's like pretty likely that other chains move in this direction as well. Um, so that's a little bit, that's like 30,000 feet. Like what are like the two classes of solutions? So there's the, the smart contract based solutions. And then there are the uh, IBC app chains designed from the ground up with IBC in mind. But a little bit about what we do and what distinguishes us. Our top goal is to provide liquid staking safely and effectively. So anything that sacrifices safety or product usefulness right now is just not a priority for us. Um, I think with liquid staking in particular, you really have to be careful <coughs> about the safety just because the TVL of a liquid staking protocol can truly become massive. Like it's pretty easy to imagine a world in which 100% of tokens in an ecosystem like Cosmos are liquid staked. And this is actually like a goal that some, that some people have. Um, so if you have like 100% of tokens liquid staked in a protocol, the security of that protocol really has to be like, that is your first order goal. Um, and that kind of uh, leads into our, our first distinguishing factor, which is at Stride, we're keeping DeFi safety top of mind always. Um, so we have like ongoing audits. We have some novel rate limiting features that we're working on. Um, and we've really thought a lot about like some of the edge cases to keep DeFi safety top of mind. Um, so that, that's the first one that I would say. The second one is uh, from day one, we'll support redemptions on all chains. Uh, so this is really crucial to keep the peg tight between the ST assets uh, or the staking derivatives and the native assets. Um, so one of the use cases of liquid staking is being able to sell your tokens uh, or sell out of a position rather than unbonding. It allows you to go from uh, a staked asset to a native asset more quickly than if you were to unbond. The way that you do this is you would go to a DEX you could sell your ST token for a native token. Um, so there's, there's like a pool on the DEXs between the ST tokens and the native tokens. And there's an exchange rate between, between those tokens. And if you don't have redemptions, the, the peg there can uh, kind of, uh, it's, it's not very tight. So this is something that we've seen with uh, ST ETH on Ethereum, for example. It's like depegged by six or seven cents at times. Um, and that's because there are no redemptions. If you have redemptions, there's a natural ARB. So we have market makers that'll come in. And as soon as the peg on ST Atom, for example, depegs by more than like 2%, so at like 98 cents, market makers will come in and they will buy the cheap ST Atom and they'll uh, do that natural ARB. Uh, and then the third distinguishing factor is we're offering users an incredibly simple vertic vertically integrated app UX. Um, so those are, those are three that, I've thought about, um, I don't know, Riley, did I, did I miss anything there? Or are those the, the three that you have in mind as well? I do touch on it quite well. And, and we could talk at length about. Have we lost Riley there? Uh, versus, versus one that doesn't have that mechanism. Sorry, Riley, you just cut out for about five seconds on my end. I'm not sure if that happened for everyone else, but can you say that again, Matt? Yeah, of course. Um, I, I was saying that there's, there's a lot of detail that we can go into on the peg mechanism. Yeah, please do. We'd love to hear more about that. Well, ARB between the liquid staked derivative tokens and the native tokens. Might be losing them a little bit. Yeah, just checking in. Is it is it happening to you guys as well, Aiden? Is that dropping out uh, on your end? <laughs> yeah, Riley's getting rugged. <laughs> the old Twitter space rug. It'll get you eventually. Um, yeah, maybe just check out your uh, Wi-Fi connection, Riley, and, and if it uh, is a bit patchy, 
maybe we can find somewhere else. Do you possibly know when he was trying to save it, Aiden? Uh, I think I think I do. Yeah, I think Riley was uh, starting to talk a little bit about the the peg. Um, so I can uh, I can jump into that, or if if Riley's got his maybe if he's hopped off Wi-Fi onto like the cellular cellular network or something. Let's see, he might be back. Am I back? I can hear you. Incredible. All right. All right. I'll I'll pick up where I left off. Uh, the the point I was going to make is is double clicking on what Aiden mentioned about the peg and and redemptions. This is something that cosmonauts are unfortunately too familiar with, um, and and something that we're not willing to compromise on. There are a few design decisions that we opted to make in order to ensure that redemptions are available at launch. And, and in fact, it, it, these design choices lead to a slightly worse UX for users because it, they mean that users need to unbond their tokens before bringing them onto stride. But the flip side is that we have a much, much more robust uh, peg mechanism. And that's, that's really something we're not willing to compromise on uh, at all. And I'll, I'll talk about that for a second. At a high level, there are two ways to exchange staking derivatives for native tokens. You can either sell them on a DEX like Cosmosis, or you can redeem them with the underlying token using the protocol. That would be Stride. So selling on a DEX is obviously faster, but the price there is less certain. There's slippage, there are deviations from the peg. There's too much selling. Uh, with with no redemption, and and that can cause a deep peg if if you don't have redemptions. So uh, ultimately, you, you see on on Ethereum that even Lido is susceptible, uh, despite some some factors that should have made their peg very stable. They have highly 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 liquid pools. They have a stable swap exchange curve, and and they're quite trusted at this this point. They've been live. Uh, it's it's a pretty simple protocol, so it's. It's less likely that they have a bug than, than some uh, more involved blockchain. Uh, the only con is that they have no redemptions. And, and despite all these, these factors that point in their favor, uh, they depagged something like six cents very early and then, and then six cents again pretty recently with all the market turmoil. So what happens when you launch a new protocol with no redemptions on AMMs? Uh, specifically AMMs that are not built for correlated assets. These are called constant product AMMs like Osmosis, which is, uses the Uniswap V2 model, as opposed to Curve, which is a stable swap and is optimized for keeping correlated assets uh, pegged to each other. Um, it, what you eventually see is that the slippage is, is much higher. Uh, so if, if any one player sells out of their liquid stake derivative assets uh, at, in a single point in time, uh, you'll probably see the STS at DPEG. Now, if you have redemptions, it's very easy for a market maker to come in and run the arbitrage that Aiden described. We've done a number of calculations about this. He mentioned the, the 2% number for, for most of Stride's assets, which means that if a large player sells out of ST Atom and it goes to $0.98, cents, a big institution will come in, buy the ST Atom, push it back up to a dollar, and redeem through the protocol. It's kind of a natural self-correcting mechanism. But that doesn't exist if you don't have redemptions. So it's very possible that you encounter a, this kind of contagion and, and fear bank run effect that uh, you, we've seen in too many protocols at this point uh, for, for liquid staking derivatives that don't have redemptions. Um, so at, at a high level, that's, 
that's the design trade-off we made here uh, to prioritize safety. Um, and, and I think it will probably resonate with a lot of the folks in, in Cosmos who have, have seen this, unfortunately, play out in, in other protocols in a, um, in a disastrous way. Great. Okay. So what I'm thinking here, just to, just to sort of follow on from what you're saying, is obviously you've touched on, you know, UX is great. Uh, safety has been a key priority and, and is at top of mind at all times. And you've gone into a little bit about uh, the how and peg maintenance. You know, safety and peg maintenance are two really hot topics or really key considerations for people, particularly given the circumstances that have been unfolding uh, across multiple chains over the last, you know, well, six months to a year or basically since the dawn of crypto. Um, but shifting the conversation slightly, I'm noticing, you know, we've got a few uh, listeners who are actually validators themselves. Can you tell us a bit about uh, validators that are always working with you, uh, how validators might work, you know, with you in future, uh, anything that might be pertinent to the validators? Yeah, of course. So we obviously need validators for the Stride chain itself. Uh, Stride is in its own L1 app chain. It needs to be secured and delegated proof of stake Cosmos app chain ecosystem. So we are looking for, for validators to run infrastructure there and willing to make delegations from uh, the foundation uh, if, if uh, professionals come over. Uh, we also are obviously staking on a number of Cosmos L1 app chains as host zones. So at launch, will allow users to liquid stake uh, Cosmos Hub Atom, Osmosis, and Juno. And uh, I, won't, I won't drop the alpha here, but um, full, full airdrop details are coming on Monday uh, and, and tokenomics as well. Uh, but since, since you all turned up on this, this fine Saturday, I'll, I'll drop a hint of alpha for you. Oh, you. yes, please do tease. <laughs> uh, uh, so, so a hint of airdrop alpha for you is is get ready to LP on osmosis. We are we're going to have a large share of rewards earmarked towards that. And and again, this goes back to security. The deeper the liquidity on the pools, the more stable the peg, the more resilient the liquid staking protocol is, and the stronger the ecosystem can be as a result. Um, and the the only other slight piece of alpha. I know there are a lot of lunatics in the in the audience today. Uh, we're, we're, we're thinking heavily about that, uh, but I won't, I won't say more today. Back, oh, back to the trippy. validator question for a second. Um, we, we're looking for validators for the stride chain. We're also um, looking for validators on host zones, but the host zone validator sets are completely decided by stride governance. So stride token holders can vote any validator on any host zone into the set of validators to whom we delegate. And uh, for that reason, uh, if, if you're a validator on the Cosmos Hub or you're a validator on Osmosis or a validator on Juno, uh, it, it might behoove you to uh, join the community and start talking with, with Stride token holders uh, because ultimately they'll be the ones deciding who, uh, who receives delegations through Stride. Fantastic. So a little bit of cheeky semi-alpha there. Uh, LPing on osmosis and perhaps something to uh, keep an eye out for on Terra. Um, speaking of the community, and also before we, just to mm, preface this a little bit, before we migrate over towards questions from the audience, and I'll even 
ask if Rebel want to ask a question a second himself. I have one question for you, which is around the full party and the test net. I'm sure you've had uh, certain people assisting you with that. You said you were all hands on deck at the very start of the call. And so my question is, can you fill us in a little bit about the bugs and the full party experience of the last couple of days? Yeah, I can I can jump in on this one. Um, so the the purpose of our testnet has been to actually get some real usage and like find these sorts of issues. Uh, luckily, they're slowing down significantly. I think we ran for like a week and a half with with no issues, um, and then two days ago we we decided to test out a new scenario, which was we added a second zone. So prior to this, we had our pool party, our testnet set up. Uh, to liquid stake for a single zone. So we had Stride connected to the Cosmos hub. And what we did was we added uh, we added Osmosis. Um, so I think we're the first testnet that I know of that's uh, done liquid staking on two independent zones. So we had it hooked up to our Gaia testnet and our Osmosis testnet. Um, and we realized there were like a couple of small edge cases that we hadn't thought about uh, when you have multiple zones. Um, so we spent the last couple of days like adding lots of testing and infrastructure around those edge cases and around like adding multiple zones. Uh, but this was like sort of the final thing that we hadn't tested. So we we've tested the the forward flow, so liquid staking. We tested the backward flow, so burning ST assets for native assets. Uh, and the one thing that we hadn't really tested yet was having lots of different host zones attached to Stride. Um, and now we've we've actually last night for the first time we hooked up. Uh, the Cosmos Hub, Osmosis, and Juno. And we're running uh, full liquid staking flows on all three of those zones. Um, so, yeah, we're, uh, I think we're in a good spot there. <laughs> the, maybe just an aside, I don't, I don't know. This, this may or may not be interesting. But with, with blockchains, there, if there's any source of randomness in a blockchain, it just like breaks the entire thing. Um, so the, the bug that we found yesterday is we were using a data structure that was like unsorted. Uh, and Cosmos doesn't have much documentation, so we, we didn't know that this was an issue. Um, but we swapped out that data structure, that unsorted data structure, for a sorted data structure, and the blockchain just like came back online and started humming along. So we're, uh, we're still learning, um, but at this point, we've, I think we've ironed out like 99% of our bugs, and we're in, we're in a pretty good spot. Um, so testnet should be back online sometime this afternoon. Right after the spaces, we're going to hop off, push the uh, the upgrades to our testnet, and relaunch it. Um, so if we have any testnet participants in the audience, get ready to launch your new binary this afternoon. Funny enough, this is a very similar bug to what Halt did you know the other day. Um, that they had a malicious smart contract uploaded that emitted events that were unsorted and. Uh, stored back to memory in, in an unsorted fashion, which means that two different nodes running that binary might store events in a different order, which causes a consensus failure and a difference in the resulting app hash in the next block. We had a very similar issue. So it seems like it's the kind of thing that's uh, that's not quite fixed across the ecosystem at large. Um, but we're, we're thinking of releasing some additions to the testing tooling that might help detect this kind of thing in the future. Such as? Yeah, good question. So we have uh, three main testing libraries. Uh, one is a, kind of the basic unit testing that's used across Cosmos, and, and this is a, a standard. Most chains use this. But because we're heavy, heavy users of IBC, we're working closely with the Strangelove team to uh, deploy a new framework called IBC test. 
that allows you to essentially send packets across different chains that you're connected to, verify that they have been processed in the correct way, and that the acknowledgement or failure of that packet to, to arrive on the uh, foreign chain is registered in the, in the correct way. And then the third testing framework that we're building in-house and, and thinking of releasing is a simulation testing framework. And the way this works is it spins up a bunch of Docker containers which are, with a bunch of different nodes that are running your blockchain automatically. And then it creates thousands of different user accounts, seeds them with funds, and has them randomly submit a number of transactions at the blockchain. It's kind of like a spam or, or DOS attack on the network. And then it verifies that the results from that test are valid for any single users, as well as for the, the whole. Thank you kindly for elucidating. Now, as I mentioned a moment ago, um, I'll shift towards community questions. But first, I just want to check in with Rebel here and see if Rebel might be harboring any questions for you on the sidelines there. Hi, guys. I, I think we should just see if anyone wants to get their hand up. Um, yeah, hands up for questions. We've got another 25 minutes or so. But yeah, while we're waiting on some hands up, I'm just wondering, you guys are starting off with Atom, Juno, and Osmo. Um, I'm quite a fan of Secret Network. Is that something that may come at some stage? Yeah, good, good question. Uh, we have a lot of uh, love for the Secret Network community. They are definitely coming. We're, um, we're, we're currently in talks about that right now. So you can expect that certainly within the year. It's probably going to be one of the first chains we onboard, frankly. Wow, that's cool. There, there, I love that. There's no vagueness there or ambiguity. Like, yeah, epic. And I, I think, did you guys used to run a validator or maybe you still do run a validator on Secret? Or am I muddled up? We, we used to and, and still do run a validator uh, through an Anon personality on on one of the cosmos networks i i won't i won't dox our, our validator <laughs> call but um yeah we, we run a validator cool thanks very much for sharing guys <laughs> fantastic um rebel is a big fan of the secret and any any chance he gets he'll he'll try and get some alpha that is related to secret so you know you've said atom juno uh osmo these are the first sort of ones secrets right up there and uh, I can see I've just actually brought up your one of your docs. I can see there's actually quite an extensive list of what, what you plan to onboard after those uh, first ones, and it's, it's a good-looking list, I'll say that. With that being said, um, again, now's the time. If you are listening to this passively, now's the time to get active. If you are a validator um, yourself, you probably have some questions that might be good high-level questions to ask, uh, and I think that, you know, being that we've got the gentleman from Stride here for the next 20 minutes or 25 minutes, 24 to be specific, uh, it'd be good to really you know, pick their brains as much as possible. So I do invite you, if you are interested in finding out some more, jump up, put that hand up and ask some questions. And myself, while that is happening, because sometimes there are uh, the questions don't fly in until later on. People wait <laughs> until the last minute. We had a space last week and it was, you know, five minutes, 10, five, five, 10 minutes to the end. And then Sefi jumps up and everyone knows Sefi loves a big yarn. So that, uh, the timing was interesting. But 
Um, can I just jump in there? You said you were looking at some documentation. I've not seen that. Would you be able to share that with me on Telegram, and then we'll add it to this, add it to the space? Yeah, docs for Stride. We we can send those over um, on, on Telegram, and, uh, so you can post them. It, yeah, I've just dropped it in the OSA chat. Yeah, okay. if you go to for anyone else on the call, uh, just to make it easy for folks, if you go to stride.zone and then you click docs at the, the top, we have an overview of uh, how the test net works, how to join as a validator, how to run a relayer, as well as how the protocol works behind the scenes and which, which IBC functionality we use, how funds are moved around, some of the safety features, et cetera. That was even easier, Riley. Thank you very much for that description. Doing God's work there, mate. Um, just a couple of questions that I still have hanging, lingering in my mind uh, around the audits themselves. Who have you got doing the audits? You said there was a commitment to having uh, continuous audits. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, great, great question. So two audits have finished at this point. Oak Security, who are quite good at Cosmos SDK audits. They, they audited the liquid staking module by Zaki. They audited a few other um, liquid staking platforms. So we chose them for that reason. And the other audit that's finished is Certic. Uh, so they're, they're pretty well known. I don't have to give an intro to them, uh, but they have a huge team. Uh, so they're able to come the code base in, in a good amount of detail. And then we are working to get informal systems on board, uh, it looks like we are probably going to move forward with that uh, to do ongoing audits. And they're experts on the IBC side of things. So uh, we're, we're hoping that they can kind of review our uh, code updates as they come in, uh, as well as do some more in-depth IBC testing. Fantastic. Thank you for that one. Um, integrations, partnerships, collaborations, any intel there? Yeah, so the, the first integration that we're going to have is we're going to launch pools on osmosis um so i believe the first four pools will be the stride token uh against osmo so just like getting our base token out there and then we'll have uh st token native token pairs for the three zones that we support so that is st osmo um osmo st juno juno and st adam adam and these pools will allow you to just buy the BST tokens and hold them and sell them or LP in those pools. So I believe those are, those are the first four that we're launching with. What we really want to see for some of the more interesting integrations are money markets. Um, so if you have a lending protocol, one really cool integration that you can do is recursive staking. And the idea here is, uh, let's say you have a lending protocol like, uh, like Mars, um, or like UMI, uh, once once those are are fully live, what you'll be able to do is you'll be able to go and uh, post your ST assets as collateral. So you you put up ST Atom, you can borrow Atom against the ST Atom that you've posted as collateral. You can go back to Stride and you can mint more ST Atom. So if you just do this once, like you've now something like doubled your yield. Um, but you can you can actually do this like a bunch of times. So you can go back to Stride, mint more ST Atom, go back to the money market, post that as collateral, borrow out more Atom, go back to uh, the liquid staking protocol, and you can repeat this process. And because of the collateral ratios, every time you borrow, you get like a little bit less. So eventually this process does stop. 
Um, and it depends on where the collateral ratio is. Like if the, if the collateral ratio is really high, if it's like you can borrow 95 um, Atom against 100 ST Atom, you can like go and do this process a bunch of times. Whereas if it's lower, if you can only borrow 50 Atom against 100 ST Atom, this process, uh, you, you don't get quite as much leverage. Um, but what you end up with is uh, levered staking. So there is, there is some risk um, if the price of ST Atom against Atom DPEGs uh, the position can get liquidated. Um, so it's, it's not a risk-free strategy, but given there's this natural ARB with redemptions um, and given users can kind of set their collateral ratios and set their own risk tolerance, we think this is going to be like a really cool uh, first use case. We just, we need some money market to be live for us to use this. Um, so those are two cool ones that I'm thinking about. Uh, the third one is probably stable swaps. Um, so these are, these are launching on Osmosis soon. Uh, and the idea is like today they use something like the uni uh, v2 uh, curve. I think they use the balancer formula. Um, so this bonding curve is not optimized for assets that are stable against each other. It's uh, uh, there's there's more slippage incurred when you uh, than needed when you trade um, paired assets like uh, two stable coins, for example. Um, but they have stable swaps launching soon. And given ST Atom, Atom, and all of our other pairs should be highly correlated, uh, once we have them on stable swaps, you'll be able to go in and trade in size without too much slippage. So those are those are three that I'm thinking of. Uh, Riley probably has some some more that he's thinking about too. Those are the main ones. So I could the, the, uh, <laughs> I couldn't help but notice uh, as you're discussing the looping component. I was having Vietnam style flashbacks of anchor protocol <laughs> of anchor protocol. And, um, and for anyone that is maybe has just jumped on the call and didn't catch it earlier, can, can we just do a quick, uh, you know, TLDR explain it to me like I'm five of, uh, how we can mitigate, uh, that scenario happening in this case. Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. So uh, the risk to looping liquid staking derivatives is, that you take your liquid staked asset, you use it as collateral on the lending market, you borrow the native asset, you liquid stake that to get more liquid stake derivative and you repeat. Now, the more times you perform this, this loop, the lower your collateral ratio on the lending market and the more likely it is that you could get liquidated if the liquid staked derivative token price depreciates relative to the native asset. So to make that really tangible, if you were to take Atom and liquid stake it for ST Atom, lend that out or put that up as collateral on a lending market to borrow Atom and, and repeat, and then the ST Atom price were to depreciate relative to Atom, you might get liquidated and that would push the price of ST Atom further downward. Uh, and, and this can become uh, a spiral effectively. Uh, you, you saw this on ETH uh, when STETH was being used in Aave, the lending protocol, with, with a very, very risky uh, collateral factor of 95%, which is frankly a little bit ridiculous and, and something that we, we would not. Uh, we're planning to keep the collateral ratio more like 70 or 80%. But the, the key point is that. On ETH, there are no redemptions. So this vicious cycle of the price of STETH depreciating 
folks getting liquidated and that pushing the price on further has a floor. And that floor is determined by the arbitrage between ST Atom and Atom that market makers can perform. Uh, if the price of ST Atom depreciates below 98 cents, market makers have a truly risk free arbitrage that they can engage in by buying ST Atom, redeeming it for $1 through the protocol, and at the same time going short Atom on a centralized exchange for some lending rate. Uh, we've, we've done some detailed calculations and talked with a number of market makers about running this. Uh, it seems like there's, there's a lot of demand <laughs> to, to, to run this type of arbitrage and keep the, keep the peg tight. So the, the core reason that things are a bit safer on Cosmos is that there truly is an unbonding period that's not infinite like Ethereum. So you can redeem and thus arbitrage uh, to keep the price uh, in line with the native token. Uh, but the other safety feature is uh, we're not going to make the collateral ratio anywhere near where it was on Ethereum. Fantastic. And to be clear, are your future plans to only stay on Cosmos? Are you, is, is that the plan or is there something you know, beyond the horizon of perhaps branching out to other chains? And then would that potentially pose a risk? Great question. So we can support any chain that has IBC V3 which today is, is Cosmos Chains. I think Aiden alluded to a few chains that are not natively built on, on the Cosmos SDK, but do integrate IBC v3. And we, we foresee that expanding in the future. Um, Aiden, do you, do you know what the unbondings look like on, on those new chains? I think it's, it's very much up in the air uh, at this point, what, what that model is going to look like. Um, yeah, I'm, I, I'm not actually sure. I think on... on virtually all proof of stake chains, there is some unbonding. Ethereum is in this weird position right now. Well, now the merge has been announced, so we'll see, we'll see if that happens uh, in about a month. But for the past year or so, Ethereum was in this weird position where no one really knew when the merge was going to happen. And you could stake your Ethereum, but you could not unstake it. Uh, and I think this is actually like a, this is a scenario that like no other chain has faced or will face. Um, like virtually all other proof of stake chains do have unbonding periods. So on Solana, um, I think it's something between like 24 and 48 hours on Solana. Um, I'm not super familiar with other chains, but it's, it's actually typically less than Cosmos. Cosmos has a relatively long unbonding period in the world of proof of stake, of stake chains, anywhere from two to four weeks. Uh, like Osmosis on the, on the lower end with two and Juno on the higher end with four. Uh, but most other chains actually have a shorter unbonding period. And what's interesting is the shorter the unbonding period, the less the ST asset native pair can depeg because the, um, the market makers, they don't have to go short the asset for as long. Um, so to make the entire strategy uh, neutral to the underlying asset, they have to short the asset. But if they only have to short the asset for like a couple of days, um, that is not very expensive. So on Solana, if we were to integrate there, uh, the like, the, the safe floor where market makers would come in and uh, risk or like roughly risk for, do a risk-free ARB is maybe a little bit higher than on, on Cosmos chains. And that's like the general relationship. So the, um, the higher the yield and the longer the unbonding time on a chain, the harder it is to, to do this ARB. Uh, correct me if I'm, if I'm getting this wrong though, Riley. No, that's, that's spot on. Right. And so early at the very start of this call, you did, there was, Mm, I can't remember which one of you, I think it was Aiden actually, 
was just saying, you know, we've got market makers was the language you used. Uh, I think you actually even said you might, you might be talking to market makers to assist with the ARD process. Is that, am I correct in saying that? Yeah, so I, I can touch on this for a minute. So we're in the process of finalizing SLAs with some market makers who would run this arbitrage and, and guarantee that they would run it. Uh, the infrastructure that we provide for them is uh, simply some on-chain monitoring software that would tell them, A, how far is the asset deviating from the peg, and B, what is the lending rate for that asset on a centralized exchange. And using those two inputs, it's very easy for them to calculate whether the arbitrage is profitable and then engage in it. Uh, we'll probably also expose some software for them to engage in it, but a lot of these firms are fairly sophisticated, so they they prefer to build that kind of thing in-house. Got it, got it. And I've had two questions come into my inbox while we've been chatting. It seems people are shy to come up and have a have a, a verbal conversation, but they're happy to send a message to me. So the first question is around Stride Token, uh, utility of the token. Yeah, great, great question. So at, at inception, the Stride token is a governance token, and it allows token holders to vote on the inclusion or exclusion of validators across the Cosmos ecosystem uh, to any of the host zone validator sets. So if you owned a Stride token, you could put up a governance proposal that would, for example, bring the friends validator into the Cosmos hub validator set. If that governance proposal were to pass and you, you could vote on it with your Stride token, then the friends validator would be included in the set. And the atom that is delegated through the Stride protocol would be rebalanced to friends validator so, such that they're included in the set. It, just to get one click more specific, the way it works in the back end is we have an array of weights that determines how much each validator is getting out of the total share and each governance proposal would update that weight array and then on an epochly uh cadence the total amount staked is is rebalanced amongst those validators awesome thank you for clearing that one up and the other question that i did get was uh where'd it go i'm just going to scroll up my conversation here oh, they must have caught it earlier on in the conversation they said he, they said, so they're referring to you here. He said 100% staking is a goal, but if that happens, how do you even trade out of the liquid staking token? Okay, that's the question. That is a great question. Uh, <laughs> if if 100% were liquid staked, you would not be able to trade out. So it's 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 really not a realistic goal. The, the way you'd get out if you had 100% liquid staked is through the protocol with redemptions. That's that's one of the reasons why we're focusing on redemptions. If you didn't have redemptions and 100% reliquid stake, the there would be no circulating native token on the network at all, which is a pretty <laughs> scary thought, frankly. <laughs> that, is, that, that is true. I, I will jump in though and and say I, I think like there is maybe an assumption, um, yeah, like kind of baked into that question. So the idea that you need to trade out of a token at all. The only reason that you need to trade out of uh, ST tokens into native tokens um, uh, is, I guess, like protocol risk would be the main one, or like maybe maybe there's like some 
like reason that you need to use the native token. Um, but if if 100% of tokens are liquid staked and you're able to use those ST tokens for everything that you would want to use the tokens for, like uh, you can imagine a future in which you're actually able to pay for gas with the ST tokens um, and like use them in every protocol throughout the ecosystem. You may never need to trade out of the ST tokens into the native tokens. Like it's it's possible that uh, the native tokens are just like strictly worse. Yeah, it's a question of integrations today. If if every DeFi app on the Cosmos accepted ST tokens natively, and every Cosmos SDK module, such as uh, paying gas or a number of other features, used ST assets, you could envision a world in which networks would be extremely secure because you have a very high stake rate. And for that reason, it's very hard to launch a governance attack against the network because it'd be very expensive to buy up two thirds of the tokens. And at the same time, DeFi is flourishing because there's so much liquidity in the lending markets and in the AMMs and in the vaults and in all the other uh, DeFi protocols that help us earn yield. Yeah, that's a great point, actually. I, I failed to think of that. So, of course, the incentive there is it secures the network for everyone. If they're able to trade, if they're able to effectively have the state token that operates at a one-to-one, there's, there really isn't a need, especially if it's uh, sort of universally accepted across all IBC, uh, all of IBC, then there's no real need to switch back to the native tokens. I guess, and, and so this is assuming as well, I'm just wrapping my small brain around, my, around this for a second. So this is assuming that the ST tokens are also tradable on markets for, you know, if I wanted to trade from my ST token back to, you know, a stable coin, then back to fiat for, you know, whatever reason, then this would work. This, this hypothetical would actually work. Yeah, I think, I think Riley put it best when he said it's a question of integrations. Uh, like the, it, from a yield perspective, ST tokens are strictly better. Um, but from an integration standpoint, like you said, like if you, if you can't trade this on, on sexes or DEXs, if you can't uh, use it to pay for gas, if you can't use it to pay for relayer fees, if native tokens are more integrated in DeFi protocols, then maybe you actually want to go back and buy the native token, even though it's earning less yield. Because you can earn more yields um, in some integration or you have some use case. But if you have full integrations, which is maybe like the five to 10 year vision, then I think you, you actually don't need the, the native token or the, the, uh, the token that's not sick. <laughs> <laughs> the terminology is somewhat confusing. Uh, but just to double click on the, the point about integrations, th- there are a number of integrations that are nice to haves and can earn users additional yield. But really the, the core, core, core integration of a liquid staking protocol is the decentralized exchange automated market maker pool, so the osmosis pool, between the native asset and the ST asset. If you don't have that, you don't have anything. And I think Lido did this very, very well in Ethereum. They chose a stable swap curve, so low slippage, and they put a ton of liquidity into that thing, which means that if users ever want to get out, they can do it easily. That's what makes the thing safe. And that's what allows them to have so many integrations across the ecosystem. Amazing. And can you see, you know, if you zoom out enough, can you see a possible uh, timeline where Stride rivals Lido in size? <laughs> that's, 
Uh, it's a good question. Um, in our minds, if the app chain vision takes off, the sky's the limit. So really, it comes back to the question of, is the future of DeFi going to be on a monolithic blockchain such as Ethereum? Or are we going to have app chains that are interconnected via IBC, can relay packets back and forth, control accounts on foreign chains, issue queries to each other that are uh, trustless and, and carry proofs back and forth. And uh, each DeFi app is built with its own governance stack in mind, perhaps renting security from the hub and perhaps tailored to that particular DeFi applications use case. For example, DYDX order books on the validators. So it comes down to a philosophical question of, of which vision you align with and, and where you think the future is going to go. But if, if the app chain vision were to take off, I, I don't think there's a, there's a limit for, for where liquid staking could go. I love it. I love what you're working on. Uh, I love the vision and I'm very excited for Stride and, and what's to come. Um, of course, next week, I think, was it Tuesday you said was when some action was happening? We are releasing airdrop details on Monday. Stay tuned. Follow the, the Stride Twitter. We'll be releasing it there. And we're releasing tokenomics early in the week. Uh, the day will be TBD. But, but keep an eye out for the airdrop because that, that's currently ongoing uh, for anyone who joins Testnet or um, helps out in a, in a series of ways that are listed on Discord. If you uh, hop in there, you can find some details. Yeah, super exciting. So Monday, everyone's caught that one. Uh, you can jump into Discord. Of course, you can follow Stride on uh, Twitter as well. Uh, just click their profile and click the follow button. It's as easy as that, stride underscore zone. Uh, with that being said, guys, you've, you've been amazing. I've, I've asked basically every question that I had here, plus some. Um, uh, we had a couple of, uh, anonymous questions come through. No one else jumped up to speak, but I feel like we got – you know, very much, well, I, I know I certainly got enough information tonight to for me to really ruminate on and mull over. And so, you know, all I want to say here is that I appreciate your time, your energy, what you're doing, um, and encourage anyone that is listening to this call that if you've enjoyed it, if you are, um, you know, if you're feeling more informed than you were at the start of the call, um, you know, obviously give this give this space a share and help spread the word of stride. Um any final words there, Rebel? Any final words, Aiden, Riley? Anything that you want to say before we wrap up tonight? Thanks very much, guys, for jumping on the call. It's been very educational. I appreciate it. Thanks for joining today, everyone. Uh, I'll put out one last question to the audience. If there are any particular Cosmos zones you'd like to see onboarded first, please uh, let us know. We want to make this a community decision. So if there's a ton of demand for secret, we'll prioritize them. Tom demand for Luna, prioritize it, so forth. Just let us know. Yeah, can we perhaps get a poll or something for that? Is there somewhere we can direct people so that, uh, you know, there's some cohesion and we can sort of uh, get the best inputs? Great, great idea. We'll, uh, we'll launch a Twitter poll uh, right after this basis. Fantastic. I'll jump on that myself. Guys, until next time, go and look after yourself. Have an amazing evening and best of luck with everything uh, leading up to Monday. Thanks for having us, guys. Thanks. This was a lot of fun. Thanks for checking out another episode of the Ether. That was Stride Multi-Chain Liquid Staking for the Cosmos Ecosystem. Hosted by Orbital Command. Recorded on Saturday, August 13th, 2022. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. 
put your hands up like you got a couple questions Ain't no misdirection, just a bunch of flexing I'll aggressive, insane from all directions Smoke blows in when I start a session Plank canvas, blaze up the handlers Rocking back and forth like I got the van stuck Don't grind the clutch, mind your hush Put your mask on and don't touch the antlers Feeling untouchable when I'm on the verse But in the universe, I'm just writing some words Enticing these nerds while I'm laying out my memoirs Like, remember when I had to fight the centaur? I'm a book nerd, let me take you on the journey Lost in the labyrinth, searching out the lost fern For certain, got the taxes included Acting like a writer, never felt secluded Shit and line them up Just another fixed game of try my luck Go lighten up dog. it could always be worse Unless you're in the back of a hearse Then you're dead or putting in new speakers It's a toss up driver or just tweakers Don't stress yo, I've done the research Living life like a bunch of fucking lemurs It's a remake, off the cutting floor we take A little bit of poison and put it in the cheesecake Tastes great, less filling Less stress, more killing As he blew the cornerstone out the building And the box came tumbling down all humble Feels like we're drowning in a little puddle Rebuttal? I should be taking off in the shuttle Getting high in space with the Hubble